You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagask's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. So good morning, folks. You're very welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar. We have a colleague of my own in terms of Martina Gormley. Martina has, uh, I suppose, a keen interest and also a focus on everything related to labour, labour efficiency, and I suppose that that one work-life balance and, and how we juggle that. So, Martina, you have an interest in in labour and all things labour and labour efficiencies, and um, sometimes not the easiest um, of conversations at at farm level. We, we we'll put it like that, um, and maybe hard sometimes to get to get engagement, I suppose, in that conversation. But I suppose where are we at? We're heading into September, I suppose. Where are we at in terms of labour requirements on farms? Um, give us a feel for what's maybe happening and what farmers should possibly be thinking about over the next couple of months. Thanks, James, for having me on. Um, so look, James, um, I suppose at, at the minute, a lot of farmers have taken some time off, which is is, is really, really good to see. Um, I've been out to a fair few groups over the last few weeks, um, and, and certainly um, farmers are more refreshed um, after the after the, the spring and, and the breeding season. Um, <clears throat> I suppose one, one thing to note, is the amount of time I suppose that that's been taken off there's a big variation there so anything from you know a couple of days to some farmers you know when you add up from from January to now um having taken four and five weeks off at least okay so big variation so great to see the time is being taken off um but there still is a big variation I suppose the question we need to to I suppose ask ourselves um is whatever time you've taken off at this stage is it enough really so that's that's mm-hmm. the big question so in terms of I suppose looking forward and and I suppose what's what's happening from a from a, an employment point of view in terms of taking time off um I suppose we've we've some some farmers at the minute um quite happy with the the staff that they have be it part-time or, or full-time um and I suppose the big focus is there is he's keeping these people you know and and you know what do I need to keep doing um to, to make sure these these people stay with me for as long as possible um and for others then it's a case of I had a really hard spring last year um I'm still feeling the effects of it I'm only getting over it mm. and I don't want that to happen again so you know what do I need to do so those are the kind of questions James that that the people are talking about and you're doing obviously and we maybe get into this in a moment in terms of the labor survey and it's it's it has been you've been working on that and developing it, I suppose, as well over the over the last number of months. Um, but you're doing a lot of those assessments with discussion group members, farmer clients. I suppose what are you seeing in terms of these farmers that that do get, uh, we'll say, enough time off that that maybe are more labor efficient? I suppose what are the few key things there, maybe without getting into real depth, but what are the few key things or a few key differences you're seeing with these farms versus maybe the the, the farms where time off is limited the length of the working day maybe is is longer than we'd like um okay what? so so there's a few look that there's lots of things really but to, to 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 boil it down to maybe two or three things that stand out um for farmers that are taking some more time off or or can easily take time off we'll say particularly after the the calving period um so one thing that's quite notable um in, in most of those farms is the milking times okay so i i've been talking a lot about milking times james um because we need to be talking more about it um so they're milking earlier so they're milking maybe anywhere from three to four o'clock 
Okay. So you're talking uh, about evening milking time here. Absolutely. James. Where are we at nationally in terms of what you've looked at this data? What sure, well, yes. every farmer's milking at half three or four o'clock in the day now. Is that not the case? Unfortunately not, James, but that is, I suppose, the, the target or the goal, and that's what we're working towards. Uh, it is improving, which which is certainly a positive, but unfortunately we have a long way to go. So uh, the data that I would have looked at, James, um, would would uh, would show that around 25% um, of farmers w- would be able to be finished by 6 o'clock. Um, uh, so therefore 75% are outside of that. Uh, with some uh, fair percentage of that 75% being quite late. Okay. okay. So the reason I'm, I'm bringing that up is number one is in terms of attracting people into the business and also for the farmer themselves to have their evenings off. Okay. Because the perception is if a neighbors or students or so on and so forth are seeing um, the cows coming in and going out, um, you know, quite late, five, six, seven o'clock, they're saying this isn't for me to themselves okay that's not the farm I want to work on or that's not the career I want to have because um, and what more and more farmers are saying to me that they're really noticing uh, in the people that that's working for them is the importance of evenings off okay time off evenings off is really important okay so that's one thing uh, a change that that farmers have made James um, I suppose the other thing is trying to simplify the business that the wheels won't fall off when you go and that's always the big concern. And that's, I suppose, why a lot of people don't take time off. You know, they might say, oh, I don't need it and I'm fine and cows are calved and I'm grand. But really, uh, the real reason when you dig deep there is that they're afraid of what's going to happen um, and what state of, is the farm going to be when they're gone. OK, so the simpler the farm is, and a lot of farmers would say to me, the calving pattern is number one from a labor efficiency point of view and, and from, from having people working on the farm that, yes, it's absolutely really tough for those six weeks in particular. Um, you need all hands on deck. You do need um, good facilities and you do need enough space uh, for calves, for calving, so on and so forth. But the reward really outweighs that um, quite intense period of time. Um, And particularly from getting off the farm and having employees there, that the cows are calved, it's blocked. Okay, that job is done. The calf rearing is reduced. It's not spread out in terms of June, July, August. There's still calves to be fed. There's still weaning going on. There's all different groups of stuff. The calf rearing um, then process is much simplified because you have an even even, uh, bunch of calves and you don't have to be, you know, having two groups or three groups of calves because they're feeding meal and so on and so forth. So that's more streamlined Um, is a big one. and also, um, I suppose the um, at the back end of the year that you can actually dry off early and take a little bit more time off then. Or and you see a lot of farmers are doing it that they're giving staff extra time off and they're paying them. Okay, so that's a massive carrot, perhaps that we don't talk enough about, James, um, in terms of um, rewarding staff and keeping staff. So that's really, you know, that's suppose those extra hours and there's an understanding there that there's probably additional hours work to be done, obviously, in that spring period. But what you're saying is um, the idea maybe that there is a little bit of additional time off when, when it's not as intense on farms is, is something that um, something that people are looking at. So yeah. that that's going to be alien now to some farmers, Martina, in terms of this idea of having staff paying them the same mm-hmm. amount of money on a weekly basis and not getting as much work out of them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, yeah, that, absolutely. That, that, that's a tough one. But that's that's a big one, James, in terms of the mindset. And you're dead right. You're absolutely right. That's fo- really foreign. You know what I mean? That sounds mad altogether. But I suppose farmers that have put in extremely tough springs in particular and hardship and have seen the consequences of not having enough help. Okay, and what we're talking about here, let's be frank, is mental health is number one. Right before we even go near the financials, is mental health, okay? Burnout, okay, it's all related. Um, <clears throat> the stress then of dealing with calf scour and things like that, like mentally that has a massive toll, okay? And farmers uh, um, know and they've experienced it that with calf scour or calves not sucking or things like that, that could take up hours. And you have all these other tasks not being done and you're caught with this group of calves or a calf or whatever, trying to train them or so so on and so forth. So they've realized that, they've said, this can't go on. And they've said, right, what do people actually want? You know, that's so that's in mind. Instead of what do initially always I want and I want to get value and value and value, but what do people want and, and can that work? So, um yeah, so look, that's the changes that's been made. They're offering, you know, um, it was alien to give weekends off. That was a mad notion altogether that, that uh, an employee wouldn't work weekends. But now farmers are offering um, and they're working around that. OK, um, so they're offering Monday to Friday. They're offering three days a week, two days a week, one day a week. They're offering that um, and, and their uh, farms are flexible. And that's one thing. That's, they're, yeah. o- they're open all year round for to a big extent. Um but there's a lot of flexibility there and farmers are really honing into that and they're offering it and they're realizing that for that person to be there when I really, really need them in springtime, it's so crucial to get these cows calved, to look after my ca- my calves really, really well, to get the cow up and running for breeding time. They're saying, I need people, okay? I can have, and, and you need facilities and all that, but facilities alone won't get around not actually having hands and people there as well. So they're saying, right, um, in order to have them there, I need to have them here all year round. And it may be one day a week, whatever. So, you know, I have had some farmers come to me and, and they've said in summertime in particular that, that I am standing there going, what am I going to do? You know, I'm paying someone when I could be doing that job. And I'm standing there scratching my head, going, "What am I going to do?" And so that to to that to that person, it seems, "Oh my God, this is this mm-hmm. is terrible." But that needs to happen. And look, if you if you won't take you too long to think of find other jobs or to take a little bit of time off, but that's what you need to happen. You need to have some periods of time in summer that you're not busy, right? And uh, you're looking for a few jobs or whatever, but you're keeping people. Okay, so this this notion, I am look, I want someone for spring, that doesn't work. Like when you think of of people out there, it doesn't matter, students. Um, um, everyone wants them in 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 February, March, April. Everyone wants everyone in February, March, April. Martina, is your point of year really? Is it exactly? But how many people would that suit, chips? That yeah. you would give them work for three months of the year and they have nothing for the other see, night. Like, see you next year again. Yeah. Yeah, so look, it's very, very few. Like, look, you know, ninety-eight percent of people that doesn't work. This could come in the form, Martina, of ultimately it may be relief milkers for some people. It may be, as you say, someone three days a week. It may be full-time employees, depending as depending on your labour requirements. But one thing that often comes up, and and and, um, you'd be asked it more than I would be, but is you know this whole notion in terms of costs, obviously, and the cost Mm -hmm. of labour and. Um, understandably, this year costs have remained uh, remained high, and, and and milk prices on the slide. So, you know, from from your analysis, 
these farms that maybe do have a little bit more labour, let that be the relief milkings or the part-time or the full-time or whatever it is. Um, has it an impact on, on on the bottom line in terms of the amount of money, that's amount of cash that's actually generated on those farms? It, it, it doesn't, James. It's actually the opposite. So um, farmers that have enough enough um enough people working on the farm um for the size of the farm and so on and so forth um and that are paying people quite well and have enough of help on the farm um they're still in the top five or ten percent of profitability in the country because um can you do the question is can you do everything you know so w- w- uh, farmers are skilled any task when you look at any task in the farm it's their business they're able to do it right they love work They've great attitude. It's their business. They're totally bought in. So when you look at any individual task, they're able to do it. But is there enough hours in the day? Is there enough hours in the year to actually do all the tasks and do them properly and do them when you should? And every farmer will say, no, unfortunately, there isn't. We can we can do everything, but we don't have the time to actually do everything properly. So there's a knock-on effect there that when you try and do too much, you spread yourself to 10 James and you actually are losing out somewhere. So mm. you're not you're not doing your grass walks. Okay, so the grass goes astray on you several times um, and you're chasing your tail then and your fat and protein has hit the floor. Okay, you're not analyzing your business because you're working so hard. You don't have time to actually sit down and say, does this make sense or this opportunity or where am I losing out here? Are the cost too high and why stocking rate? So on. am I keeping cows? I shouldn't be keeping. I didn't even know, to be honest. I'm so busy with work. I didn't even analyze my milk recording to see that this cow here is not paying. So you're losing money somewhere else. So it's a fool's economy, really. So what I would always say is, can you afford not to pay people and not to have people? And when we look at the average size, and it doesn't matter even in springtime in in farms that are below the average size, everybody needs help and everybody needs time time out. And people are an asset. And some people say, oh, the cows are easier to manage than the people. Okay, but we need people. And I think it's the wrong way to look at it. Okay, there's some great people out there. If you spend time to find them and to train them and to keep chipping away bit by bit, improving your yard, improving your facility, it's not going to be done in a year or two. It all takes time. Have your priority list and keep chipping away at it and you'll get there. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, look, um. I, I'll just in that 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 question on people are an asset and keep that in mind. It, they pay you quite well, so pay them well, look after them, and you will reap the rewards um, for that uh, in terms of profitability, in terms of your mental health and time off, and so on and so forth. I think that's an important point. That ultimately, there's more than I suppose. There's a bigger return than just time off, albeit a very important one, as you say. In terms of these people are adding value to your adding value to your business, and that's often misunderstood as such. But I suppose we're not taken away from the fact that Martina, in terms of sourcing labour, finding labour, it's not it's not an easy task. You're competing with other industries. Um I suppose the farms that the farms that do and can um maybe is there any tips or for for listeners in terms of right, we're heading into September. We're saying really asking somebody to come on board the first week of February isn't probably going to work. So it's from here on in, really, people should be thinking about, about labour and maybe uh, trying yeah. to get labour organised. Any tips or tricks or what you've seen maybe over the years for, for listeners in terms of how they yeah, might so, do that? So the, the first one, and James, you've mentioned it there is in terms of timing. Okay, so you're setting yourself up for failure, really. And the person, if you bring them into your business when it's bang on, your most busiest time. You know, when you think that through, how are you going to have time? 
and patience. <laughs> Your stress levels are up um, to train that person and give them a chance. OK, so really, you need to wind back and start. If you don't have the people in place now, you need to start going about looking about um, getting someone in place. OK, um, so in terms of, of um, you know, how are farmers finding people? Um, word of mouth is, 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 a, is a big one, James. Um, so making it known that you're in the business of hiring people. OK, so um, a lot of people pass your gate, your farmyard. They don't know you're actually looking for someone. OK, the amount of parents and students in particular, um, parents that would only love their, their their teenage children to have a job, a part time job, a weekends and their holidays. It's massive. And I really genuinely don't think we're tapping into it enough. There's fantastic students out there, um, you know, male and female, just excellent. OK, so I don't think we're tapping into that. I think they're actually down the road from you. I think they're passing your gate going into town with CVs and that's the reality of it. And they're going into Super Value and Duns and Centres and there's a mile long. They won't even take their CVs. They have that many. And why do they go there? They go there because they see younger people there or, or they know that they take on part time staff. That's why they're going there. So how are um, people locally going to know? OK, and particularly if you've never hired anyone for maybe it's all family help. And this is the first time you're starting to look for someone out there. You actually have to go leave your farm and tell people. OK, and a lot of farmers would say where they're finding people or where parents are coming up to them or they're, they're, they're chatting is at the football matches and hurling matches. OK, and they say it's a great but way if, of actually finding it, people. Is the problem that you sometimes we're too bu- they're too, bu- too busy to actually get to those. Um, Spot on. Spot yeah. on you're too busy, you're clocking up your 70, 80 hours a week, you're not going to matches, you're not going to these things. You're in your own bubble, in your own farm, okay? So nobody knows that you're in the business of finding people or that you would be delighted uh, to have someone. So you're you're spot on there, James. So you actually need to leave your farm. If you want to find people, you actually need to leave because they're, they're, yeah, an odd farmer because they've built up a great reputation and they've been hiring. People do come to their doors. OK, um, but that takes years for that to happen. OK, um, so if you're starting off, particularly, you know, in particular, you need to get out there and you need to go and say it to people. So that, that's that, that's one thing, James. But you need to be clear about what you're offering. OK, so I was going to say, what what's what's the expectations then? Because I think it's that early period where maybe a lot of these arrangements actually fall down. Mm-hmm. So what should uh, I'm a higher and dairy farmer first time. Um, what's my what's my expectations in terms of what this person should be fit to do, shouldn't be fit to do? How long is this training period, and how long does my patience have to last? So, by and large, number one is attitude. Okay, so I think sometimes, particularly where the farmer is is on the farm full time, um, you know, looking for somebody that has experience from a dairy farm is to me is is quite questionable. And, uh, and when I talk to a lot of farmers that say the best people they have from a farm at all, okay, and they say you can actually train them up to do the tasks. They don't know any different as you'd like, okay? But the, the big thing is attitude. That the person, um, you know, has a good attitude to work that will turn up in time, that wants to work, that wants to earn a few bob and wants to learn. That's that's the key requirement. And that's what farmers, that's what, what any business person is looking for, attitude. You can train that person then. Um, so um, I suppose, how, how do you know? Obviously, you talk to people around, um, 
uh, um, uh, as best as you can about about the person in question or, or the students or whatever it may be. But really, a lot of time you have to give them a go, give them a trial period and say, look, be very clear with your communication, because the last thing you want to do is fall out with anyone or have any parents or whatever not too happy with you. So be clear with them and say, look, I'll give you a try for whatever it may be. Two weeks, like some farmers will say, I know within the first day. I know within the first hour if the person's going to work. But then others will say, look, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with the person initially because I'd heard so much good references about them. I thought they were going to hit the ground running and be super. And they weren't. But you know what? We worked around it because they had a good attitude. They don't bang out work as much as I'd like, you know, and maybe my expectations were too high in the first place. So we work around that once the attitude is good, you can't fix bad attitude. I don't care what facilities you have, how good you are with people, you can't fix that. So get that right. Give them a trial period. Be clear about that. Communicate that to them. Okay, and they if it doesn't work out, then they can't say, you know, that you just let them go all of a shot and never give them a proper, proper chance. Um, Be clear about the hours, you know, talk to them. What suits them? Have they football matches? Have they whatever? What's their schedule like if they're in college? Can you what's the timetable like or when will you be getting your timetable or whatever? And see, can you work around them? And when do they go out? You know, that's what's important to them. And it's usually during the week. Okay, and what can be important to you is weekend work. Okay, so find all that out and then talk about pay and be straight with them. Okay, and maybe it might be a case that starting off, it's a bit lower and say, look, if it works out and, you know, you're happy and I am happy, we'll discuss this in six month time and I'll give you extra bob. Okay, but tell them that they don't know this. And they might be really put off by the sound of whatever you're you're paying, okay? But you do need to think about that as well because uh, pay pay is important along along with with ours. Um, and then you have to have the lead in as we've already discussed in terms of training them. So you're not going to be able to train them uh, properly uh, in springtime. You need to do that in summertime or now leading up now when you have a little bit more downtime that that you can do that. Um, the other ways, um, James, is social media. And uh, sometimes we say, oh, why do, can we not just go with one channel? Well, I'm afraid that's the way it is. You know, um, people are on all different social media sites. So, look, get get an ad up, get a clear Pacific ad up that you're looking for a part time person um, that, um, you know, flexibility in hours, um, a little bit around the tasks, so on and so forth. Get a nice, clean, simple ad up and um Put it on a few different channels. So, you know what I mean? Some people put on Facebook. Twitter is a quite common one. Um, um, there's um, Gumtree, a few other sites like that. What harm? It doesn't really cost you anything. Put it on. Dundeal is another one. Why not? Mm. Give yourself the best chance to find a bigger pool of people. Okay. And, and make sure you're saying it, particularly if you're there and you don't need experience. You know, question, do you actually need someone with experience? Because you're reducing the amount of pool of people if you say experience required. You know, can you not train that person to milk cows or whatever it may be? So do question that one because you're reducing the pool uh, of people. So, yeah. So, look, they're the usual from talking to most people in terms of where they find people. They're the usual, um, I suppose, avenues, James. Yeah. Anyone that has a question there, I see a, a hand raised and um, just posted in the Q&A box. And I'll ask Martina before we finish up. I suppose the other one is ultimately in terms of what initiatives are Chagas, I see something, there are new initiatives there um, in terms of, you know, training the next generation of, let it be farm workers, farm managers, um, that whole space is, is is there new initiatives there from Chagas in terms of, and, and I suppose they have a role to play in all of this as well? 
Yeah, sure. Look, absolutely, James. Look, sure, you have the the courses that are going on in 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 all the local um Chagas offices and the the agricultural colleges, and you have the new apprenticeship um course, James, that that was advertised there recently. So this change is made um to the the current course, um James. So you have that um in ter- in terms of trying to train people and give them experience um and go on work experience along with college and and the, the I suppose that kind of blended learning, um. And then I suppose for the um, employers, we have people management courses every year. Mm. So again, and, and I suppose it's one thing that I didn't say, but I suppose farmers that um, I suppose that have maybe a, a better success rate of, of finding people and keeping people and, and people would have a lot of good things to say about them. Um, they would tend to, to go on some, and it's not necessarily a Chagas course, but some kind of people management courses, you know, to upskill. Everyone isn't naturally good with people, you know, and particularly if you've never worked outside of the farm before and you always just worked with your parents or so on, you don't have experience any other experience of working in teams or working with, with, with other people. So it, it, it's certainly something that I have noticed that um, a lot more farmers are, are becoming aware of saying, you know what, I need, I actually thought, you know, working with people is working with people. Like, what do I need to go to a course for? For God's sake, I've been talking to people all my life. But there's things you just don't think of. You're in your own bubble you're used to X, Y, and Z, and you just don't think of it. So going to uh, a one or two day um, course um, can be massive in terms of getting you off to the right start with working with people because you start to put your, yourself in their shoes and you think quite differently then when, when you do that and you have a much better chance. And communication is, is a massive one, massive one. And that's that's talked in, in the people management courses. So that's another avenue in terms, that's for the farmer, farmer James, but or, or farm managers. Um, mm. So that's another avenue as well. And I think uh, this, the courses are starting to take off and become more popular, but we need to keep reminding people of these these courses and that the training, no more than grass training, you know, is required or genetics or whatever it may be. We actually need to constantly remind ourselves and upscale in terms of uh, working with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an important point and, and, and maybe one where we finish up ultimately. But I suppose it's to bring that labor, managing people, uh, time off into a place where it's at the same level as the as as the breeding as the grassland management, because often it, it's it's left out to one side, Martina. Um, people are working too hard, too long of hours. We understand completely, of course, there's periods of the year where there's additional hours required, but it's just setting yourself up that, as you say, there's a massive variation in terms of the hours and the amount of time people is taken off. Mm. And like, uh, uh, under where the two relief milkings are done, that's a day off, Martina. It's not like you have to... Um, uh, you don't have to. You don't have to get on the plane and 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 fly to wherever it is. Um, oh, a day 100%. off can be something as as a number of relief milkings or half a day off or whatever it is in the week and a bit of scheduling around that. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, can, that, that, that's a, that's a key point, James. Yeah, that's a key point. But just as as you mentioned there, the the breeding and and the, the grassland, James, and you'd often see figures quoted. Um, I think by ICBF in in terms of of. I suppose showing what what breeding and, and the breeding index has done for 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 the industry and for for dairy farms, um, and it's quantified in I don't know what the exact figure is in billions, but I think we need to be more ambitious and and maybe put more of a value and a figure in terms of 
uh, from a labor point of view. OK, so I'll, I'll give the example. So I've already said that about 75 percent of farmers um, are having their evenings off um, because the, the milking interval or the milking time in the evening is is prolonged. OK, so, you know, I think in a, a target should be that over the next few years, 80, 90 percent of farms mm are finished by six. That doesn't mean you can't go back out. Okay. And I think that's misunderstood. Uh, you absolutely, it's your business and you're the owner. You can go back out now and again, but you don't need to always go back out. So you have the the opportunity there and you have the flexibility to do other things. Um, but I, I think that would be a massive, um, a massive goal and put massive, um, I suppose, you know, really bring labor and labor efficiency and you can call it whatever you want, making dairy farming more attractive or really bringing in it line with other businesses. Uh, I think it would be a massive one. Okay. And I think it's a great place to start and we're definitely offside in it, James. Okay. So that's, I suppose that's a goal I would have over the next few years and anyone listening who have changed their milking times, don't be shy about it. If you come across other farmers, and I know farmers who would often uh, advise farmers in terms of their cow types and different things, that ask them about their milking times. Tell them what changes you made. Let's not be shy about this. It's making dairy farming more sustainable and, and more attractive. So it, it should be a goal, and we should be putting a big euro sign over it. So really, if we finish up there, Martina, if you're not milking at if you're not milking at four o'clock in the evening or in the afternoon, um, or haven't been up till now. Um, try it for the try it for the remainder of the year. Um, Give it a go. There's there's no such it. thing as as which time which you know which which part of the year or which season do I do? just just give it a go. It's a habit. A lot of times now we're taking and I better say that I'll be shot because there is a small percentage of farms where the milking time is later because of of small children in the house. That's a hundred percent fine. But we can't say that the reason seventy five percent are offside is because of that. Okay, so there's still a big percentage that's offside um, because of habit, James. It's habit, but habits can be broken. Okay, and that's the big one. It does take a bit of time and you need to think about it and get your head around it. And it's just the way you work. Okay, but, you know, just one thing to note is that farmers who've moved their milking times, right, to have more time off in the evening and make the business more attractive, their farms aren't falling apart. Okay. So they're after going from milking at five o'clock in the evening to four or half three, something like that. So an hour, an hour and a half uh, per day um, less. Um, and you say, how are they getting away with that? Sure, they mustn't be running their farm right at all or, you know, things are letting slide or things like that. That's not the case. OK, the case is when you talk to them, you'll say, well, what's changed? Uh, are you getting any more labor? How are you doing this? They'll say, you know what? I was actually quite efficient. You know, I'm a bit embarrassed maybe and I don't want to admit it, but I was actually quite efficient um, in that I knew I had extra time. So I was taking longer breaks that I didn't really need to take, you know, um, or I was, you know, being very slow about getting jobs done or I was getting things or I was going into town, I was pottering about a bit like that. Whereas now as I pulled it forward, that means when I have my lunch, I have this time left and I'm much more efficient. OK, mm. so I think that that's a, a key point there, James. We appreciate that, Martina. I think that's look at it's a good insight, as I said, into something that maybe isn't isn't discussed enough um, at individual farm level, and it's it's something for people to mull over and think about as we head into the into the the, the remainder of twenty twenty three. And I suppose now is the time to get yourself prepared uh, in terms of whatever additional labour you do require for next spring is, is the big point. So as always, um, thanks a million, Martina. Um, what I will say is, folks, it's as as always is busy on farms 
do farm safely. We'll be joined by Kieran Heron next week from Pasturebus, Pasturebus Ireland, in terms of give us an update on 2023 so far and maybe what to look out for for the remainder um, of the grazing season. So thanks a million for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next week. That's all for this week's bonus episode from the Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.